After my parents separated and later divorced, I feared repeating the same cycle in my own relationship and marriage one day. And so I became obsessed with the questions, how do I avoid that? How do I not repeat my parents' mistakes? Because I wanted authentic love, but I had no clue how to build it. And I think that's true for so many of us. We all want love, but if we're honest, we're not quite sure how to go about building a healthy relationship and great marriage. I think that's even more true for those of us who come from broken families. Nobody showed us how to build love and a marriage. And that leaves us feeling discouraged and even hopeless to the point where we give up on love, we give up on marriage, we give up on commitment, and we even settle for the counterfeit. In this episode, I'm going to share a talk that offers a simple roadmap to build authentic love. And so you're going to hear a snippet of that talk, which touches on a few things. First, four signs that your relationship or marriage is headed off a cliff, according to researchers, the biggest area of conflict in marriage and what to do about it, practical tips that you can use to make conflict healthy, the one thing that makes conflict less scary and more manageable, and finally, a resource that you can use to handle conflict better, to make conflict healthier in your relationship. And so if you want a healthy relationship and great marriage one day, whether or not you come from a broken family, keep listening. Welcome to the Restored Podcast, helping you heal and grow from the trauma of your parents' divorce, separation, or broken marriage, so you can feel whole again. I'm your host, Joey Ponarelli. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 70, and it's part two of a small series. And what you're about to hear is a talk I gave to the college students of Ave Maria University in Florida. The talk is titled, Seven Tips to Build a Thriving and Divorce-Proof Marriage, Actionable Advice from Research, the Church, and Time-Tested Couples. And so the content of the talk is not just my opinion or my limited experience within marriage, but it's really based on psychological research, advice from really beautiful married couples who've built amazing marriages, and finally, wisdom from Christianity on marriage. By the way, if that's not what you believe, if you're not a Christian, you're still going to get a lot out of this talk. My challenge to you is just go into it with an open mind. There's a lot of human wisdom overall in this talk. I've given this talk primarily to college students and young adults. I think it's perfect for that audience, but older audiences have found it helpful as well. But some of the feedback we've gotten from the young people, one woman who happened to be a newlywed, she was just married in the last six, seven months when she heard the talk, she listened to it three times in a row because she found it so helpful. The the host of one of the events where I gave the talk said this, she said, A girl I just talked to on the phone said she was watching over Zoom and thought it was so good. Another young woman said it was probably the best talk that she's ever heard. So lots of good feedback. I don't say that to boast, but just to assure you that this is worth your time. And so here's a snippet of that talk. So tip number four, set healthy expectations for your marriage. Tip number five, learn to handle conflict. This is so important. Um, One book said that conflict is the price you pay for intimacy. Conflict is the price you pay for intimacy. That comes from the book Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts by Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott. They're two psychologists. They're a married couple, a man and a woman with the same name. It's hilarious. And so it's so true. It's so true. As you get close to someone in your life, conflict is inevitable. And in fact, if you're avoiding conflict in your serious relationship, it's usually not a good sign. It either means you're a saint or there's something off. And so the goal is not to avoid conflict, but rather to make conflict healthy, to make conflict healthy. So how do you do that? Dr. John Gottman, you might have heard of him, he and his team of researchers have researched this 
marriage in conflict for the past 30 years. And what they would do is they would invite married couples to their lab, which was this fancy apartment in Seattle, and they'd invite them out there on the West Coast, and they would observe them over a weekend, let's say, and especially observe how they handle conflict. And now supposedly, this is kind of insane, supposedly they can predict up to, with about 95% accuracy whether the couple is going to stay married or eventually get divorced. 95% accuracy. They're looking for four things, four bad signs that say the marriage is in trouble. Dr. Gottman calls those four signs the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I'm going to list them off quickly and then we'll go through each. The first one is criticism. Two is contempt. Three is defensiveness. Four is stonewalling. Criticism. Psychologists say that criticism and complaining are different. They're not the same. Complaining is saying something about someone's actions, right? It's critiquing actions, let's say. Whereas uh, criticism is attacking a person, attacking their character. They're not the same. Contempt is similar to criticism, but different. Dr. Gottman says this. He says, contempt is the intention to insult and psychologically abuse your partner, And this looks like, by the way, in a relationship, it looks like name-calling, it looks like sarcasm, it looks like mockery. Defensiveness is really the result of criticism and contempt. We feel so attacked, we just put up our shield and defend ourselves. And this looks like blaming, it looks like making excuses and being unwilling to take responsibility. Stonewalling is the result of all these, right? These go in a progression. Stonewalling is where we just feel so overwhelmed that we're just done. We just emotionally check out, we shut down, we avoid our spouse, at least emotionally, and uh, supposedly 85% of stonewallers are men. So this is something that we uh, need to look out for, guys, especially. But these four signs, these four bad signs, don't mean that your marriage is doomed. They just mean you're, you're in trouble. And if these become habits, you're really heading off of a ledge. And so you need professional help, like now, if you see these in your relationship. Those are the bad ways to handle conflict. How do we handle conflict in a healthy way? There's five tips from that book, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts with the One, which I want to share with you. The first one is pick your battles. Pick your battles. Let the small things go. Get used to giving your spouse grace. This has been so helpful for me in my own marriage. My wife makes a lot of mistakes. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm definitely the one who makes more mistakes. Um, but you really, we can let things go. You don't need to voice your opinion about every little thing that your spouse does. Like you can let things go. You can bite your tongue. If they're big things, obviously bring those up. But you can let the small things go. Extend grace. Another thing you can do is practice empathy. Put yourself in their shoes. It really requires you to detach from your emotions because in conflict, it's really hard to do this. And so one tactic they recommend is repeating what you hear your spouse saying just to make sure you can fully understand where they're coming from. Say it back to them. They say to define the real issue. So when tensions rise, you can ask the question, like, what are we really fighting about? Define what the fight is really about until both of you understand. Little hint here, it might not be the thing you're actually fighting about. It's usually something that's under the surface that's bigger that you really need to address. Take a break, they say. So our marriage counselor, my wife and I have been to marriage counseling, uh, he taught us this little tactic called calling a timeout. So when things get intense, uh, you need to call a timeout. So how does this work? It's a simple tactic. Before conflict you agree to a time frame for a timeout, okay? And it sounds like we're in preschool, but it's, sometimes we feel like that. But um, 
But this is really good. So anywhere from 15 minutes to 24 hours, you set a set time. Let's say it's like an hour. And then in a conflict, when you guys are struggling, one of you can say, hey, like, I need, I need a timeout. And so then you take the timeout, and then the person who calls the timeout, they're the ones who keeps track of the time, and they resume the conversation as well. This is so helpful. It's been really helpful for my wife and I, because when we're emotional, especially when we're angry, our counselor taught us that our IQ drops by about 30 points. And for those of us, like me, with an average IQ, that means we're like in the range of 70, which psychologists say is like the level of mental disability. And so we're literally trying to fight when we're super disabled. And then finally, actually resolve conflicts. So growing up, uh, we, my siblings and I barely saw conflict resolved. My parents, and they would tell you this, the way that they handled conflict, they, they would fight, things would get loud, and then one or both of them would walk their separate ways. Like, I'm sure you guys have experienced that in your homes as well. So it set a horrible example for us to the point where I became really afraid of conflict and really unsure about how to handle it. And so, guys, make sure you actually resolve conflict. Follow through here. And when you become parents, this is super, super important. When you become parents, make sure that your kids know that you've resolved problems that they saw come up. Okay, so if you have a fight in front of your kids, make sure they know it's resolved, whether you do that in front of them or later you go to them and say, hey, mommy and daddy, we, we resolved this. My wife and I are trying to get in this habit now. We've been doing pretty well with it, um, where if, if our daughter, who's seven months, right, she doesn't have an explicit memory at this point, um, she sees this fight. sees this fighting. We try to show her that, okay, we've made up. We're, we're good now. We resolved this. And we even say sorry to her for, that she had to experience that. And so super good to make sure you resolve things. So if you want more tips like that, get the book, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. A few final things on handling conflict. Uh, build trust, right? Uh, conflict is so much easier when trust is high, okay? How do you build trust? There, this is a whole other talk too, but two, two quick things. Vulnerability and consistency. Vulnerability and consistency. Opening yourself up to even a scary extent and then continuing to show up so that you know you can rely on the other person. Uh, business writer Pat Lencioni, Catholic business writer Pat Lencioni, says that trust makes conflict the pursuit of truth. Trust makes conflict the pursuit of truth. And so basically, when we trust each other, when there's a conflict about maybe like, what should we do in this situation, that conflict is ordered to finding the best possible solution. It's not just a battle of egos. Money is a huge area of conflict. It's the biggest area of conflict for married couples. It's one of the top causes of divorce, as I'm sure you guys have heard. So talk about it. Talk about money. Make a plan for your money. Get on the same page with your money. I recommend Dave Ramsey's course. You can just look up Financial Peace University. It eventually did really help my wife and I, and we have a good handle on our finances now. So tip number five, learn to handle conflict. Tip number six, love your spouse how they want to be loved. If you want to listen to the whole talk, you can go to Restored Ministry, ministrysingular.com slash marriage talk. Again, restoredministry.com slash marriage talk. Marriage talk is just one word, or you can just click on the link in the show notes. And in case you're not aware, one of the things that we offer as a nonprofit is coming into your school, university, church, or event to give talks like the one you just heard. And we have talks specifically for people who come from broken families and then more general talks as well. And so I've given talks for the Archdiocese of Denver, the Diocese of San Diego, Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, Franciscan University of Steubenville, Ave Maria University, and the Archdiocese of San Francisco. And so if you're interested in booking a speaking engagement, we'd love to speak with you. You can email us at events at restoredministry.com 
restoredministry.com. Again, events at restoredministry.com. We'd love to speak with you about possibly serving you. The resources mentioned are in the show notes at restoredministry.com slash 70. Thank you so much for listening. If this has been useful, feel free to subscribe. And if you know someone who's really struggling because of their parents' divorce or broken marriage, share this podcast with them. Always remember, you are not alone. We're here to help you feel whole again and become the person that you were born to be.